Welcome to Inside Flicks. This is a movie discussion podcast created by three brothers. My name is Mike, and like always, I'm here with my two brothers, Richard and Raymond. This week, we've gotten together to talk about two big releases, movie releases. It's uh, Coming to America, the long-awaited sequel to Eddie Murphy's classic 1988 comedy. We're also going to talk about the new time loop action flick from uh, director Joe Carnahan. Uh, it's called Boss Level, and this stars uh, Frank Grillo, and I, this is available on Hulu, where Count, Coming to America 2 is available on Amazon Prime. Uh, which one should we start with? Uh, should we start with Boss Level or Coming to America? I go with Boss Level. Oh, okay. All right, let's do Boss Level. I used to complain that every day felt the same, and now every day is the same. Seriously. I don't know how this is possible, but I keep repeating the same day. Wasn't always like this. I had a woman once. Look at you. The son I love. Now, a bunch of assholes trying to kill me over and over again. But no matter how hard I fight, I die every single day. So this this stars Frank Grillo, and he's stuck in a time loop. He's uh, he repeats the same day over and over again, kind of like a Groundhog's Day or like a kind of like Edge of Tomorrow. Those time loop movies. Yeah, and uh, it's, most, th- most most recently the uh, the uh, Golden Globe nominee uh, Palm Springs. Yeah, since it's an action movie, I, I would compare it more to Source Code. Oh yeah, well, yeah, okay. And mm-hmm. so this day happens to be the day he is hunted down and killed by a gang of deadly assassins. It, 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 he Grillo plays like an ex-military security guard officer who discovers that he is repeating the same day, and um, it's very much like a multi-level video game. He must figure out how to survive long enough to save his ex-wife, played by Naomi Watts, and his uh, 11-year-old son, played by his own son. Um, I believe his name's oh, really? Rio. Yeah, Rio, Rio uh, Grillo, and uh, um, and they're trying. He's trying to save them both from this evil, powered, hungry tycoon played by Mel Gibson. <laughs> and there's a bunch of other uh, cameos in this movie: right. uh, Michelle Yeoh, Ken Jeong, uh, Will Sasso, right. Rob Gronk, <laughs> the Gronk. Uh, yeah, Gronkowski. So- yeah, Gronkowski. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's let's get into it. Uh, what's your thoughts, Rich? Boss level. What's your thoughts? Surprisingly, uh, very very entertaining. Uh, I liked it, and for Joe Carnahan, he deserves a win. I mean, after I mean, for such a long time. I mean, since the Narc and Gray. Um, I'm not particularly a big fan of Smoking Aces, but I know a lot of people do liked it. Did like it. And uh, but his most recent ones like Stretch, uh, um, you know, no, Stretch, yeah, A Team, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he deserves a um, a good one. And uh, going into the raid, I think this is perfect. Uh, this is uh, oh, he's supposed another- to do. You mean you supposed he's supposed to do the American remake of the raid? That's uh, according to his um, thing. Yeah, yeah, he's been saying that for a while. Yeah, so if. This is a perfect uh, step into the you know that genre or whatever. Mm-hmm. That uh, the only th- the only big complaint I, I had was the the look of it, the cinematography look. The, I I didn't really like it. Um, it looked um, too grainy. Yeah, too too um, like 
weird saturation added to it or something like that. Mm. It was like, mm. uh, but other than that, I mean, this was a, 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 a um, like a star making role for uh, Frank Grillo, who's a huge star internationally. <laughs> but um, mm. but yeah, I would have liked to seen this in theaters. I mean, this is actually, or like, I would have liked to seen how this would have done in theaters actually mm. to see. Because I, I I would have enjoyed the word of mouth on this one mm-hmm. and and uh, it, yeah it was it was good it was okay. really good uh, uh, Raymond what's your thoughts on boss level Yeah so when the trailers uh, came out for the, actually what am I talking about I didn't I didn't watch the trailer for this movie <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I didn't watch the trailers for this movie so I didn't I didn't really know what to expect I just knew it was a, a new Frank Grillo movie with Mel Gibson I was like oh this is probably going to be like another force of nature another direct to dvd <laughs> mel gibson movie with frank grillo i mean this is what you expect from them and, you know i didn't i didn't know i didn't even know naomi watts was in the movie and so i i i i i don't even think i knew it was a joe carnahan film mm. so I, I just it showed up on hulu i put it on and i i was really surprised i think this movie is absolutely awesome yeah it's definitely like you know it's a time loop action movie it reminds you of like source code and like a uh, Ed- edge of tomorrow but this has like a, a very unique take, a very unique spin on it, and it kind of like Edge of Tomorrow had that video game vibe to it. This also has that going for it. Um, I think really the only thing in this movie that didn't a hundred percent work for me was probably Mel Gibson. Actually, oh, yeah, I, thought, I agree. Oh, yeah, I, I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think Mel Gibson was really. In, into it i thought he kind of felt like he was phoning it in and what makes it so disappointing is i think a lot of people are going to probably avoid this movie because of mel gibson <laughs> oh. kind of like me because it, <sighs> it it looks like a direct to dvd movie just by looking at the poster it, the poster for this movie is awful <laughs> 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 like if i if you were to pass by, pass by this on netflix or this on hulu if you pass by it on hulu i you, the poster would not sell it to you i mean it, yeah, I agree. The the name itself, boss level, is not very good. Also, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think this is a type of movie that you know it's going to kind of like upgrade or something. People are it's it's oh, going to yeah. need word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. it's going to need word of mouth, and it's going to probably take a couple of years. But I hope people discover this movie because it is really awesome. I I think I liked it more than um, Palm Springs. Yeah, and I'm kind of disappointed with Hulu's uh um uh like how they're promoting it because they're not. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, man. This is an awesome movie, and like, is that even like on the front page or anything? Right, right. We have like you, you got to search it. Yeah, yeah. scroll I had down. To search for it. Uh, let me just say real, real quick that you know there are movies, there are film, cinema, that are like four course meals, elegant, divine, made with impeccable precision and care. <laughs> and then there are movies like this one, junk food. <laughs> Yeah. You know, just trashy proce- processed meat, t- but that tastes good, but you know you're going to get the runs later. That's boss level. <laughs> this is junk food action for cinema, and I had a great time watching it. I, I would say it's like very much in the vein of like, of like a, a Deadpool. It's like over-the-top action film that's sure. very self-deprecating. Uh, uh, very yeah, self- th- this has the this has the best uh, taken reference ever in an action movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very cheeky. It's it's over the top fun, and and, and in the sense that you have to like kind of leave. You have to leave your brain at the door, you, sure. and, and you have and just go with the ride. And it, it's a really great starring vehicle for Frank Grillo, who's an actor I admired for many years. He started in that film, uh, The Purge, uh, Anarchy, which mm-hmm. franchise. 
Yeah, but that was like the second one in the franchise. Well, he was also in The Gray. Was he? Yeah, yeah. real quick. Reuniting with director yeah. John John uh, or Joe, Joe Carnahan, and uh, well anyway for in the Purge Anarchy I thought that I thought that was like the best unofficial Punisher movie ever because <laughs> it was really just a he was playing Punisher basically he's like he's a really good actor right? he played and he could play like the meathead who punches or who could shoot his way out of everything but he has this like really sensitive side to him. He has this like introspective soul about him. I guess he's kind of like uh, like a like a Mickey Rourke type. Like he's a Mickey Rourke. He's definitely like like a Liam Neeson type. Which, like uh, Raymond was saying, there's a really funny line in the movie where he says, uh, "Liam Neeson's a fake tough guy. I'm the real thing," you know. <laughs> and it's a callback to the Gray because he was the villain in the Gray. I think what what I found surprisingly about this. Or what I didn't expect in this movie was that and at the heart of this movie, there's really this story about this deadbeat father who wants to have a second chance to really get to know his son. And he gets the chance to, when he wakes up in this time loop where he spends time trying to start a relationship with his son. And I go, wow, that's a very sweet idea for what for what is essentially a blood-soaked shoot 'em up action film. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, yeah, I was really surprised by this movie. I had a, it was a really great time watching this movie, and I agree with Raymond. Mel Gibson is probably the worst thing about this movie, and, <laughs> and he's not that bad in it. No, no, no. no. It's not because, and it's also not because you know the personal things about him. Or I just think he, I think just he gives a bad performance. It's like you were saying, best. yeah, it's like he was like going through the motions. Well, so does Ken Jeong, <laughs> and you, you give him. But Mel Gibson's a, an important role, though. He's supposed to be menacing. He's supposed to be. I mean, he has a fight. He has a fight scene with uh, Frank Grillo. <laughs> yeah, it's a, he's the boss in the boss level title, and I just wish he kind of gave a better performance. He's kind of playing the same type of person in in El, uh, 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 Machete. Yeah. Well, you. Yeah, that's 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 true. But he was having more fun in Machete. <laughs> He was he was really going for it in that movie. That was a pretty bonkers performance. <laughs> this is a much better movie though. <laughs> but anyway, this it's, this movie is less about Mel, Mel Gibson and this is more about Frank Grillo. And so yeah, anyway, so I, I did have fun with this movie. I, did, I really had a great time watching it, and it, you know the action is great. I you know like like Rich, I was not a big fan of uh, Smoking Aces, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it I, had its moments, but not enough to to, to like that movie so much. Like compared to everybody else, the only movie he of his that I liked was Narc. Yeah, that's that's a good one. And uh, like I said, A Team had its moments. The Gray. Yeah, the Gray. I didn't really like the Gray that much, but yeah, it was okay. But but again, I want to say that um, this would have been awesome for Frank Grillo to go out to do the circuit, to do the talk shows, because he's a very very charismatic guy, and he's a really likable guy. When you know one on one with on interviews and stuff, I've seen Mm -hmm. him in Conan, Mm -hmm. and this would have been great to see him go out there and pitch and uh, because this is like his first starring real vehicle. I mean, basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the Purge, I guess. Whatever. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah. yeah. If this movie went on to become a hit, like uh, in theaters and stuff like that, I think it, it would guarantee his return to the MCU. Oh, yeah. oh possible. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, let's grade this. Rich, what, what do you give this? A B plus. I liked it a lot. I mean, uh, I mean, for what it was, you know, it's, you know, as far as action films, you know, popcorn action film is an A, but but to me, it's just a B plus good movie. That's all it is. Yeah, I, I agree. I give this a B, so like uh, probably like three stars and a half out of five. 
It's a fun movie. It's a really fun movie, and it's a great, uh, you know, if you have Hulu, play it right now. I mean, it's available right now. Play it. Uh, Raymond, what's your grade? Yeah, I, I give it a B plus, and uh, mm. yeah, re- really enjoyed the movie. Uh, very surprised that uh, Naomi Watts is in this. Do you guys <laughs> like? Is there a reason why she was in this movie? Like, I don't know. Just her, just her presence alone. I think added added something to the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we all agree. Go watch it now. We recommend it. Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. It's on Hulu right now. All right. Let's get to uh, the big, long-awaited sequel coming to America. Or coming to America too. Hey, what are you doing back here, Mufasa? <laughs> Say it again, feel right in his I've just discovered that I may have a son here in this land. How much child support is she getting from? The king pays no child support. No child support for thirty years, and you came back. You was a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I am Hakim Jaffer, King of Zamunda. You are the heir to the throne. Yes, my son. This is, uh, I guess it's been, what, 30 years? Almost more more than 30 years since the first one? It certainly looked more than 30 years <laughs> on film. <laughs> so Eddie Murphy is back and he's uh, newly crowned King Hakim of Zamunda. Arsenio Hall is also mm-hmm. back. And this is directed by uh, Donamite is my name, Helmer Craig Brewer. Uh, this is, I guess this is about Akeem learning that he, he has an illegitimate son in America. Mm-hmm. And he wants to reunite with him and bring him to Zamunda because he they, he needs a prince. He needs um, an heir. He needs yeah. an heir to the throne. Son yeah. heir, yeah, yeah. Or I, should, I should mention that the comedian Jermaine Flower plays Eddie Murphy's son, Lavelle. And uh, we got Leslie Jones from SNL. Uh, mm-hmm. She is uh, Lavelle's mother. We got Tracy Morgan as Uncle Reem. Yeah. And then a whole bunch of other people. Uh, so let's get into it. Rich, what's your thoughts on coming to America? Uh, watching the trailers, I kind of knew what I was going into. And uh, I knew it was going to be like a lackluster compared to the first one. And it's that's exactly what it was. Um, it it was entertaining, mm-hmm. um, but it could have been much better in a lot of ways. But uh, just like in the trailer, I knew exactly, you know, the the, the, the vibe was going to be, mm-hmm. and I knew I heard it was PG thirteen, so I knew they were going to go, you know, going to keep it clean mm-hmm. compared to the first one, and uh, it was it was still entertaining to me, and. Um, I just wish it was, you know, at least 15 years earlier. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the, but the, uh, probably the surprise performance, once again, was uh, by Wesley Snipes. Um, I think his character, G- General Izzy, I think he, um, he steals the show once again. And Eddie is just uh, not really the king to me. Uh, he's just a, a supporting character in this film. And, yeah. uh, uh, Jermaine, he does he does an okay job, but it, it's he um, for what it was, you know. I, I can't blame him all the way, but um, but yeah, I, I mean, the script wasn't tight enough. I mean, the, yeah, the, but it but feels the, very old, like like it was written like in the nineties, and mm-hmm. they just updated it, and it seemed like they should have just. Like to, it should have been a total rewrite job, but but it wasn't as bad as Beverly Hills Cop three, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and uh, it 
could have been yeah it could have yeah. been worse it yeah well worse. i'll say this uh, before because i know raymond wants wants he has a lot to say about this let me just mm-hmm. really quick say that you know after movies like dumb and dumber 2 <laughs> yeah zoolander 2 bill and ted face the music and even like say jay silent bob reboot i think coming to to america too uh suffers from the same problems and issues with those movies and um yeah, like I'm like it's it's not as good as the first. It's not even close as good. It took w- way too long to make it, so there's no real purpose for it for the movie to exist other than we get to see these characters again. And yeah, there's a ton of recycled jokes from you know from the original film. With that being said, I think Coming to America actually benefited from the fact that these long-awaited comedy sequels were terrible. <laughs> yeah. So my expectations were really really low. It, it was like basement low. So I actually had a good time watching it. Mm-hmm. The movie moved quickly, but it was smoothly paced. Mm-hmm. I got to see my favorite characters from the original. So, and I got to not hear- all of them, not, not all, all of them, them. but <laughs> I, I, most of them. I got to hear music from In Vogue and Salt and Pepper. <laughs> so, okay, and so so basically, I'm saying that I got a nice dose of nostalgia. I'm I'm getting hot while watching it. I'm high on nostalgia, and mm-hmm. I think that made me enjoy the movie more than I should have have. Uh, is this a movie that I will watch repeatedly? No way. No way. But it, it, it's a movie I, I, that I that I, I enjoyed. Yeah, right. it, it was fine to me also. It's sort of equivalent to, to uh, Bill and Ted 3. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I kind of also liked. But I understand that was also nostalgia, you know, induced. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Raymond, what's your thoughts? Okay, so if you go back and you listen to our review of Dolomite is My Name, mm-hmm. I believe we talked about this a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. But we talked about the movie because uh, all three of us really love Dolomite, I, especially me. I, I really love the film. And um, we we talked about our excitement for it, and I yeah. said how I thought that, the, you know, the combination of, you know, Eddie Murphy, re- you know, and and this resurgence teaming up with Craig Brewer, they mm-hmm. could do no wrong. That this was going to be the comedy. Se- <laughs> this was going to be the comedy sequel that that you know, that would you know was actually a good and that you know lived up to the to lived up to the original or at the very least you know half as good as the original, mm-hmm. because you know the the original coming to America is you know still to this day effing hysterical holds up really well. I mean, yes. if you revisit it, uh-huh. if you rewatch it, it it it's. It's still hard hating. It'll still make you gut bust <laughs> consistently. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I uh, before I guess before I really review the movie, um, I want I want to review another movie. Be, it's going to make sense in, in context. <laughs> and I and you guys already talked about it a little bit, so it kind of makes sense. But uh, I want to talk about uh, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, okay. So when I was a, when I, I saw Dumb and Dumber when I was a little kid. And I, you know, I, I loved the movie. I saw the movie probably, probably like four years old when I first watched it. I remember uh, seeing a uh, renting it on VHS, um, block blockbuster video, and um, you know, it was a movie that we consistently rent over and over again until I eventually bought the VHS. I've owned the movie in every format. <laughs> Warner Brothers, hurry up and give us the 4K, you know, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> I love the movie. It's you know I still watch it all the time. It's probably my favorite comedy of ever. Mm. So when Dumb and Dumber Two uh, was announced, I was excited. I I couldn't wait. I was constantly you know looking online like is there any leaked photos, anything <laughs> like something you know because I, I th- that that was like that was something I really needed in my life. <laughs> and, 
And um, and then you know the trailers came out for the movie, and I was I was worried for you know Dumb Dumb and Dumber Two. I was I was really worried. Eventually, you know, the reviews came out and they were very, very bad. Mm. But, you know, I still went to go see the movie opening night, the Thursday night that it opened. And the laughs in the theater were very scattershot. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was still really enjoyable because I got to revisit, you know, I got to revisit these characters. I got to see them again and they still felt like the characters that I loved from my childhood. So while I do while I do have the same issues with Dumb and Dumber Two that most people have, I I, I, I still enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Wow! Now coming to America, I didn't see in my childhood. Mm. I didn't see actually coming to America until I was like seventeen or eighteen years old. So when I and when I watched it, I was just like, this is this is just a really brilliant comedy that you know blends so many different types of uh, of humor there's like satirical stuff and there's you know just so so many so many different types of uh, comedy and it's uh, just a really brilliant movie and uh so i always i'd never had nostalgia for it i still don't have nostalgia for coming to america mm -hmm. i just look at it as a really brilliant comedy so when the trailer came out for coming to america 2 you know the teaser I was like, you know, this looks great. You know, they're bringing all the characters back. It has it has the energy. You know, they didn't actually give us any jokes, but they showed us all the characters. I'm like, yeah, this this looks awesome. Then the actual trailer came out, and I was like, okay, um, not as promising, but you know, fingers crossed. Movie comes out, and you know, I'm watching it. I I paused the movie about five minutes into it. Because I was just a, a little, just kind of confused because it, it, the movie was doing everything that a comedy sequel should not do. We were already in uh, McDonald's or what's it called? M McDowell's? McDowell's, yeah. Yeah, we were already in McDowell's. <laughs> <laughs> Louis Anderson's there for, for some whatever reason. We're already getting, John Amos shows up and they're already doing the same jokes all over again. I'm like, oh. Okay, this is they're probably just getting this all over with right now. I mean, it's the movie's gonna get going soon. I mean, I mean, once they get to America, right? I mean, that's that's when the movie's gonna pick up. And uh, you know, I I kept watching the movie, I kept watching it. I think uh, I, I paused it at a certain point around the 40 minute mark because that's the point where I I realized that this was this was not going to be a good movie. Mm. I at 40 minutes, I was like, okay, this. This is this is this is a bad comedy sequel. I still I was still you know watching it because but I was like that's the point where I realized that this was not the movie I I wanted it to be. So I continued watching it, but I I was consistently pausing the movie because it was just so difficult for me to sit through. Mm. I mean, I just I, I the only time I laughed during this movie was during a flashback when they show clips of for the first coming to America. <laughs> that was funny because they were playing clips of a real comedy. This is not a comedy. This is like a family movie and I I don't understand. This is this is less original than Nutty Professor 2 The Clumps. I I how, I, I don't understand I, how this went so wrong. Well, I kind of felt the same way about you um way back when I wa I first watched uh Lethal Weapon 4. <laughs> uh, I like Lethal Weapon 4. Yeah, everybody does because it had a lot of, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Jet Li action in it. But everything, 
Mel Gibson and Danny Glover were doing with uh, Chris Rock, that mm-hmm. felt so idiotic to me and unoriginal and played to the, you know, like the, it, it was just not part of the vein of a lethal weapon. Right. I could do that. And it, it, it felt so the, the they whole were trying thing, to recapture that Joe Pesci magic. It, it felt like the, the whole, um, they they were basically making a home movie. Right. 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 But, mm-hmm. but you, but you like, you, I'm assuming you like coming to America too. Right. I mean, so you're on the opposite side of that argument. <laughs> no, but he's, he's but, saying he knows but, where I'm coming from. Yeah, I know, I know what you're coming from. I think you hit, once you start watching it, you just got a, a, a quick uh, disdain for the film right away. And it, that um, hurts your uh, view of the whole uh, the film from then on. And then you, it, it just felt, it, it just. No, but I tr- I really tried for the first 40 minutes. Like I was, I was still trying to like to get really like, it didn't get painful for me until after that 40 minute mark mm. and look I, I i will i will say this i think i think tracy morgan gives a funny performance in this movie uh, unfortunately though i i do think he's funnier in other things i think you know you can watch him on 30 rock there he's actually working with good material mm. um i think leslie jones has her moments but <sighs> she yeah. also has she also has one of the worst scenes in the movie with uh, her and the, the actress from the original movie Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I just, I wanted to like hang myself during that scene when they're like all drunk and stuff. Oh, it's so painful to watch. <laughs> and this Jermaine Fowler, man, what the hell? What the hell, man? What the what the hell did Eddie Murphy see in this guy? I mean, couldn't they cast like somebody that's actually funny? Like, what did did this guy remind him Eddie of a young him? Because there's no Eddie in this guy. They should have at least got like at least like Gerard Carmichael, but why? Why Jermaine Fowler? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a he, like uh, like like we we're saying. I I don't. I was surprised about how flat his performance was in the movie Eddie Murphy's. I'm talking about like he. Well, that's it. That's Eddie now. I mean, I guess so. But, but the the thing is that when he's in the, the prosthetic makeup performing as the other characters, that's when he finally comes alive. Which is no, which, which, which is bar- odd. The, barber, yeah. the barbershops are the best scenes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and, I agree. The barbershops were the barbershop scenes were the best. So, may, so maybe the sequel should have just been the barbershop and just like just a whole day of the barbershop. Yeah, I was w- waiting for Cuba Gooding Jr. to show. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, actually waiting for uh, Eric LaSalle. I don't know if that's yeah, a spoiler, yeah, but yeah, he never shows up. Um, very much like very much like the my experience watching the little things with with Denzel Washington where he looked very <laughs> tired and elderly I got the same feeling with Eddie Murphy in this movie he looks very old and over the hill I don't I don't I don't think but I don't think that's valid in ways because look at Dolomite look what an energetic performance I was like he was so funny in that movie and that's a drama mm-hmm. I I think Eddie wanted the character to be like this i think he wanted him to be like a mature father he wanted this to be a oh, family movie maybe. you know yeah, he yes. wanted this to be a, a progressive film and you know what i i thought that the daughters were pretty cool they had kind of had like they were kind of like the the um they reminded i forget their names but they reminded me of like the the war- warriors of like wakanda and stuff they were like really badass and stuff but it just it just made me think it just made me remember an interview eddie murphy recently did that uh, he was approached by Ryan Coogler, that Ryan Coogler wanted to do a sequel to Coming to America. And I'm like, man, why couldn't we see that version? Mm. I mean, Ryan Coogler's a young guy. I'm sure he would have at least, you know, made the movie funny. (laughs) 
Uh, I should mention that Kiki. Because I think I think mm-hmm. I think Eddie Murphy was just kicking um, Craig Brewer around, man. I think Craig Brewer was just a yes man for this film. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I have I have I have something else to back that up. But mm-hmm. continue. Well, I, I just wanted to mention that Kiki Lane played the the eldest daughter, and she was I thought she was really good in the movie. Yeah, I thought she did she, fine. She, we we saw her before in the Old Guard. And I thought she that like I mean, that was a totally different character, and uh, and, and she's wow, she's really good. She's a good actress. The, I should mention like the, the I think the second oldest was uh, Eddie Murphy's real daughter, the one with the glasses. Right. That was Bella Murphy. Oh really? So I mm-hmm. think this definitely fits into what Raymond's saying. This is what, I think Eddie wanted a family movie, than like that R-rated movie that we got in 1989. Then he should have made Nutty Professor three. <laughs> Maybe that's coming I'm next. Curious. <laughs> that's coming next, probably. Yeah, I think another big problem with this movie was that that it just had way too many storylines, or at least ideas. Maybe not storylines, but just ideas. Well, flawed ideas, because I really hated the, well, I understand why they went for it, but I I hated the the idea of um, Jermaine Fowler's character going after the lion's whiskers. Uh, Yeah, it was lame. Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was very lame. And it was so long. Yes, I thought they should have went with another direction with him. Um, I thought um, the uh, Wesley Snipes' daughter should have had some kind of storyline where she had another uh, uh, um, boyfriend or whatever. And then I thought of, there was so much potential with Wesley Snipes and his daughter. Yeah, with, with that whole, yeah. with that, with all of that. But in the end of the day, after watching the movie, it just all felt so lazy. Because you guys, people listening don't know this, but you two know this. I was extremely disappointed by um, Sasha Baron Cohen's The Dictator. And mm. all of the stuff that they did with Next Doria, so mm. lazy. It's even lazier mm. than what Sasha Baron Cohen did with The Dictator. This movie made me appreciate The mm. Dictator, a movie I don't like. <laughs> well. But, but like I was saying, that... Uh, um, I got a really nice dose of nostalgia, and that that that. Uh, I wish I had nostalgia <laughs> for the original. I didn't. I only saw it like ten years ago. There was a whole dance sequence set to um, "Get Off" by Prince. And I go, wow, that's. A, I, I haven't heard that song since since the nineties or whatever. You were like the characters in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like the characters. I like so the, all this stuff like they 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 put in the movie. I I that made me enjoy the movie. But yeah, like like I was saying, it's just way too many ideas. There's a, you got a father reuniting with his long lost son. You got a son who's out to who finds out he's a prince and he must like kind of live up to his family legacy. You got this newly crowned king trying to protect his kingdom from a warlord. Uh, you got the king's daughter who believes she should be the rightful heir to the throne. The crazy American in laws who are staying at the royal palace, and it's all you know all this fan service sprinkled throughout the movie. And it's like, I think they could have just picked one idea and just stuck with that. I mean, they, it felt like they're really trying to, I don't know. It really felt like they were just doing too many ideas at once. See, I'm kind of the opposite as you, Mike, because I actually think they, they didn't really have enough. Oh, really? I feel like I feel like all they had was like, okay, we want we want to be uh, more send a more positive message. We want to do a family movie. Uh, and they have they we want to repeat the same plot of, we want to repeat the plot of the first movie all over yeah, again but that's with true. the son that's true. while while still giving Eddie the spotlight which it doesn't really work yeah yeah and um there, and there, and then we have to revisit all the characters from the first movie fan service yeah. and then fan service basically yeah there was no, and, definitely, and they definitely. needed more they needed to do something they didn't need to repeat the plot of the first movie first of all they that's maybe remove that i think you could cut the whole son thing 
and just really focus on just the warlord trying to take over the Zamunda. Or have him looking for his son the whole movie. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah, just yeah. Or whatever. have I him mean, in, just, in America the whole film looking for his son. Yeah, pick pick one. I mean, that's what that was my, my what I was trying to say. Just pick one of these ideas and just go with it. You did, but they crowded the movie with a bunch of ideas. Um, Rich, were you uh, saying something? What were you going to say? From, from Raymond, he probably uh, hated the movie ever since he saw Colin's Jost and uh, <laughs> decided to. I was still trying to give it a chance at that point, but man, by that, at that when I was starting to think, is Colin Jost like the like kiss of death? Like, does he just show up in movies and like make them bad? Yeah, but yeah. I was yeah. still trying to give it a, a shot at that point. Like, I was that was like he shows up in the first fifteen minutes or something like that. We should mention that uh, Raymond saw Tom and Jerry with uh, and you hated Colin Jost in that movie, and like, well, I hated the movie. <laughs> you hated the movie too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But uh, he was the worst part of the movie, properly, right? The, yeah, he's one of the worst parts of the movie. <laughs> and so to he's see He's not it, one of the worst parts in this movie because he's barely in it. Yeah, it's just a cameo. But he is bad in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean like uh, like I said, I I, I was uh, personally I had a good time watching him because I get I get to see his characters back again. Although I I have a feeling if I watch this movie again, I could, could recognize all the flaws in the movie more clearly. Sure. 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 Let's uh so let's get into our grade. Rich, what are you going to give this? I'll give it a C because it, it is what it is. And I, I liked it enough to, to, you know, I didn't pay for it. It's Amazon Prime. <laughs> I mean, it's, so, and it, it was entertaining enough for me. If Coming to America, the first one wasn't so damn loved. I mean, this movie it's by itself, as a, uh, as a movie itself, would have been fine. I wouldn't say that. I think you, you had to grow up in the 90s. You had to go, grow up watching this movie and you have to be like a big Eddie Murphy fan to really enjoy this movie. If this is the first time you ever watch it coming to oh, America. Oh, yeah. I, I, okay, I'll, I'll agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's you no way you're, gonna, you're not going to like this movie. No, no, no. I'm just saying the um, the vibe of it, whatever. Okay. I mean, it runs smoothly. It's like a nice paced movie, you know. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I actually get jo- enjoyed it just because of the nostalgia. I enjoyed this movie. So I'm giving this a C plus, mm. which is like three stars out of five. Yeah, so. Raymond, what's your grade? Okay, well, I, I do want to say before I grade it, I don't think this is the worst comedy sequel ever made. There, there are much worse. Like this isn't like Son of the Mask, <laughs> <laughs> but I really do think this is like as bad as like Evan Almighty and like mm. Revenge of the Nerds Two and. Uh, yeah, and I do think it's worse than like Nutty Professor Two: The Clumps, which is not a good movie. <laughs> so I give this a D minus. Mm. Now, did you like this more than Bill and Ted Face the Music? Oh, uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music is a better movie than this. Mm. Yeah, he liked- a, a much better movie. Than yeah, this. he liked Bill and Ted. Well, I didn't. I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, okay. But I gave it a C. I gave Bill and Ted 3 a C, I think. This is you know, D minus for me. Rich, do you like this more than Bill and Ted? I think I do because Bill and Ted's ending was horrible to me. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty bad. Uh, yeah, I would say that I think I had a better time watching this movie than, say, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Although I did like Bill and Ted. But I wasn't like one of these guys who really loved Bill and Ted Face the Music. Like I thought, I, I thought just was, really like the robot in Bill and Ted Three. Well, yeah, just like th- just like Bill and Ted took so long, and the, and they had you know something 
But also what makes this movie a little disappointing is they had, it seems like they had a pretty good budget to make a good sequel. Like oh, Bill and Ted, Bill, like Bill they Ted were working, so, yeah. Bill and Ted was cheap, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I think that makes the movie a little bit, a, a little bit more of a letdown. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so that was our review of um, Coming to America 2. And uh, Raymond doesn't recommend it, but we do. Yeah, if you're a, If you're a big fan of the first movie, <laughs> if you're into nostalgia, this is the movie for you. And so, and also we also reviewed Boss Level, and we recommend that. So that's playing, a, Boss Level is playing on Hulu, and Coming to America 2 is now available on Amazon Prime. All right, we'll be back with a new episode of Inside Flicks very soon. Uh, Rich, if people want to hear our past episodes, where can they find us? They could find us they can find all our links on InsideFlix.com or just ask Google or Apple iTunes. Ask all right. Apple. All right. So, uh, yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>